Welcome to the Ignite You Podcast, where two bros journey into all things spirituality and human transformation. Let's get it. Mm. Yummy. What's up, beautiful people? My name is Cam McDougall. I'm sitting here with the lovely Ryan Miller. Welcome to the Ignite You podcast, episode number one, with the beat drop from (laughs) Miller coming in. Today, we're going to talk about something near and dear to both of our hearts. We are going to talk about our journey into divine femininity. Mm. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to touch on, obviously, the flip side and how our journey started with toxic masculinity. Yeah. Got to start in the darkness. Got to start there. <laughs> Got <laughs> to start deep down in the shit yeah. where we learn what not to do in life. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to topics of celibacy. Ooh, semen retention. Oh, you just wanted to. Say, I saw you were waiting for that cue. You were like, I just can't I'm wait to say. Right after you say it. Semen it's retention. So juicy topics. And we're going to dive into a whole bunch of other stuff. We won't bore you with yeah. it. We're just going to flow it's with gonna it. Happen. We're going to roll. We're going to dive. It's going to be good. So I want to kick this off by asking Ryan okay. a little question. We're going to put him on the spot. Put me on. I'm we're ready. Put him on the spot. Unless you got a story to tell us first, because no, you, you always I don't. got it. You don't. Okay. Well, I'll tell stories because I imagine we'll talk about the ecstatic dance from last night at some point. Oh. Because that is oh. uh, very juicy. It was And juicy. aligns with this topic. It really does. Well. So, yeah, I don't really know if you were does. going there with the question. If it's going to touch no, on that. No, it was more okay. just a little teaser of Ooh. people want to hear. A tease. A little bit of juice before we get into. Let's tease them. What you got? <laughs> nah, nah, we'll bring it in. Oh, okay. we'll bring it in. So my question for you, because I know this is near and dear to your heart, is what really paved the way and set the tone for you as a man mm-hmm. to be a quote unquote man? Like what, what, who was oh. your figure? Who programmed you at yeah. the beginning of this journey that taught you? Mm-hmm how to quote unquote be a man? Yeah. Good question. And I've shared a bit of this with you before, but it's my father, as it is for a lot of men. Like we usually see our father. That's the person we look up to because that's a father figure, whether it's our biological father or just the person that ends up taking care of us, the caretaker, that is the man. And for me, that's who it was. And he is somebody who I now see has a very big heart. It was very hard to see that back then in the day growing up. Uh, The way that he approached being a man and masculinity was very much power driven. I would say on the toxic side of the spectrum. That's at least my experience of him. He loved fitness. He loved training, which is one of the catalysts for me getting into that world. But the way that he acted and was towards women specifically was not heart-led, I'll say. Like it's very much in a toxic way of relating to women, and that would look like abuse physically, verbally, and in other ways. So I had this conflict growing up to answer your question of what it means to be a man, because everybody always said my dad was like the pinnacle of what it means to be a man. He was a tall guy, he was strong, he owned a business, like he was working at a really high level. And to the perspective of the outsider, like he's doing it right. Like that's, that's your dad, wow, he's a, he's a big man, oh wow. Like you must look up to him. And I did, and I do. And I extracted beautiful things from him, but also I took on some of those ma- uh, some of the toxic qualities, right? Like naturally, I would see how he was, and I was like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be like that. I need to train like that. I need to not show as much emotion." And this is a big one for me. So, I'll, instead of keep going on this story, I'll extract a few pieces. 
he was not a playful person. I'll say that. Um, if you guys know any people that are in their toxic masculinity, usually not the most playful human beings. Very serious, very stern, strict, like the emotion that they're usually most inside of is anger. And that was my dad. So for me, I felt like I wasn't able to play. I felt like I got punished if I was too silly or if I was a certain way that was emoting sadness or like any sort of fear because men don't feel sadness or fear. Man up, right? That's mm. the saying, man up. So I removed myself from that and tried to avoid feeling any sadness, any even love. Love would be on that spectrum, right? Of like, I can't feel love because that's sensitive. That's like, that's not manly. I can't feel playfulness or like high levels of joy. And this is all passed on to me from my father. Uh-huh. So to answer your question, like the, my father figure, that was the person who I kind of grasped onto in my upbringing of what it means to be a man. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a journey. And I, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And the cool thing is, is that it's not like, there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, you know, your dad probably learned from his dad who learned from his dad and it just constantly keeps jumping generations, which is trippy because for me, like it wasn't my dad because my dad actually was gone by the age of, I think I was like 16, 17. He, Mm -hmm. he left, he he moved away for work. And so I was with my mom and my mom was a very masculine woman, but I learned mine from the streets. Yeah. I learned how to be a man from originally when I was like, you know, a, a younger, younger kid. It was from like my initial dippings into gang culture, mm. which were be tough, be strong, show no fear, no mercy, all that stuff. And, and, and any emotion was a sign of weakness. Mm. And as that world evolved and, you know, I started to, you know, branch out and make more friends and, and have more of a crew that was the common thing. It was like, we just showed up without any fear, no matter what, didn't show any emotion. And we just absolutely stayed stone cold. Because if you didn't and you showed weakness, it was like you were out, you were in, you were in shit, you would be taken advantage yeah. well, your of. Your life was, was on the line at that point. survival, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolute survival. And I remember when I was in grade eight, I got recruited by this gang as this little like teeny bopper kid. It was hilarious, man. I was like selling cigarettes and like t-shirts that fell off a truck and shit. So funny. But it was, I remember the, 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 the head dude at the school was like, you can't ever show fear. Mm -hmm. No matter what goes down, you got to stand your ground. And it's like, if you don't, you're out. Or you're getting shit kicked or, you know, something comes up. And so, you know, it's such a different experience to you. But at the same time, it's like that same vibe where it's like, don't show emotion. Don't be playful. Don't have fun. Be serious. Which led into like not being emotional to women. Which led into like not showing my feelings. Not being able to like connect Mm -hmm. with my brothers. Yeah. Right. All this stuff that was just so visceral. It was so it was so like restricting, Mm. which just continued down a path. And as you suppress and suppress and suppress and suppress and suppress, it just gets worse and worse. And I think this is super important for both men and women to know, because for dudes, it's like it's like if you're not very good at expressing your emotion or if you turn away from intimacy or if you feel like you always have to show up as this like top dog, you know, never wavering human being, you just know it's a program. It's a learned behavior in society that we have now deemed as, well, I think it's changing now, but in the past deemed as, as being a man, which, you know, is, is, is drastically in need of being changed. And for women, if you have a partner Mm -hmm. that's in that boat as well, it's like, understand that's not who that person is. It's just a learned behavior. And if they're willing to dive into it and shift it, which is what we're going to get into Mm -hmm. probably right quick, then they're going to be able to start to uncover more of the divine feminine within Mm. them. Yes, yes, yes. And it's amazing how many men have some version of one of those two stories, some version of that. 
Like those are very different, but very relatable to the mask we put on, right? The mask of masculinity. We throw it on. We're like, that's who I am. That's what I am. That's how I show up everywhere. When a lot of men are carrying that mask still. And to an extent, like we still show up in that space. Like it happens where it comes through. And there's, of course, divine masculinity could dive into. That's a whole other piece. But merging those worlds and what we're talking about today is bringing in the softer side. Because being soft isn't being weak. Being soft is this beautiful opportunity. (laughs) When I saw you, when I saw Cam today, when I walked into his house, we came to shoot this podcast. I gave him a hug. We hug each other, big bear hugs. And I was like, oh, you smell soft, man. (laughs) And it's not a bad thing. But it's funny because when I hear that, it feels weird. What do you mean, man? I'm like, I'm hard as fuck. <laughs> like, like, what? What? You know, and it's funny when these words, because even yeah, even, in, even in, in sports or gang culture or whatever, when you were like, yo, you're soft. Yeah. That's like, that was a thing that, that came up and it's like, yo, what you say? Like, I'm soft. Yeah. It'd start a fight. It'd start it a would whole, totally, whole thing. totally. Yeah. And it's this, this concept of always needing to be hard. And I love that you said that because, you know, and you know, for men, this this pressure to always be hard, both emotionally yeah. and physically, you know what I'm saying? Always. Can actually really, really be detrimental and actually cause a lot of problems for men throughout the course of the journey. So yeah. I yeah. feel that and I was grateful for you saying that I felt soft. Because <laughs> I felt very soft. I, yeah. was in my I don't even know what soft morning. smells like, but I was smells like, or it, feels like. I said you smell soft. Oh, I smell soft. That's what I said. Okay. Don't know maybe it was the uh, the fabric softener you use, but it, it it was a feeling and it was a it was a sense of smell that I had oh. about it. So All right. don't know why, but I said it. So that, that happened when I walked in today. But that point is such an important one of finding softness in yourself when bringing in the divine femininity, right? Like mm-hmm. that was for me, the biggest catalyst and still is to this day, like where can I bring in softness? Like where can I also lean into that? Because it's so easy for me personally to bring in intensity. Mm-hmm. And I think you're in the same boat there. It's like we can bring in intensity in an instant. Totally. We can bring in being hard, you know, going in a lot of energy quickly. Mm-hmm. But can we be even softer? Like how do we bring that in, allowing yeah. ourselves to be soft, allowing yeah. ourselves to kind of be held, right? That's a big one. You know what was really cool about this? This is like the perfect segue into the next bit we want to talk about is that for me, it was celibacy that actually started teaching me Mm. how to be soft. Yeah. Because what I, what I started doing, like, so let's, let's give a little background. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I used to be a misogynistic prick, like straight up. You know, I, yeah, you know, I was, I was not like a, you know, I never, I would never abuse women physically or emotionally, but I was like a serial monogamist. I was a playboy. I did all these things. I, w- I was like, I was your your epitome of, you know, handsome, tall dude with a decent bankroll that sleeps with a bunch of women. Yeah. And to me, it was, you know, that was that was kind of what what I what I grew up with, how I always executed my life, and and what I identified with. And when I went through this kind of spiritual transformation and this journey, I started realizing that like. I can't sleep with women when I meet them. And if I actually want to make a relationship out of it, I was like, there's no sex at the beginning. Because for me, especially at the beginning, before I was conscious of this, it was like sex turned on that primal, I'm just going to be the, be the man energy mm-hmm. and would pull me into that. And when I started waiting two, three months, when I started dating somebody to have sex mm-hmm. or to connect in that way, it pushed me to learn how to connect with them in different ways yeah and it, it to me this was everything because it was like okay well how can i how it, obviously i don't i don't have my my genitals <laughs> to to do the job with so what can i do how can i approach this how can i bring pleasure to a woman's life yeah without having sex yeah did this also come in like did you notice more softness and more i know you were actually talking about this the other day how the difference between when you're in celibacy versus when you're out and how you feel like your testosterone is different. For things sure. are different. Did you notice more softness because there wasn't that kind of end goal of like, I'm going to get the thing or I'm doing that for that? Yeah. Like, what did you notice? Well, I think in that that's, a, that's a great question, man. Cause I think, I think you're right. I think it's, 
it's physiological as well as you know as as well as kind of emotional in a sense mm-hmm. where i guess emotions are physiology but you guys know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like when we're having sex frequently as men that testosterone's pumping like i'm just like you know we're we're it's there yeah. right that energy's there and so for me you know i think cutting that off quite literally mm-hmm. well no not well not, no, no i hope actually, not literally, not literally <laughs> no, no. cutting off certain aspects of that really would hold back the testosterone give me the ability to actually observe and be with my person which also led to more emotional creativity on how i could connect with my person yeah and that was like all right well let's explore how does it feel if i touch you here how does it feel if i grab you here how does it feel if i caress you here kiss you here lick you here whatever but it taught me to navigate the realms of like intensity softness Mm -hmm. and ultimately i realized through this experience that the feminine body is not something that always needs to be met with this like strength this hardness this power yeah sometimes that's good but Mm -hmm. what i found is that it, it requires this balance and I started seeing myself start entering this balance when I started dancing with the feminine where I was like, ooh, I'm moving slower. I'm moving softer. Mm-hmm. It's like learning to play the violin instead of blow the trumpet, right? It's like trying to get in a lot softer and smoother as opposed to you know what I'd been programmed with since I was a little kid. Well, not really a little kid, but a teenager to yeah. go hard, go fast, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that was really my, my entry yeah. point. You brought up a really good, we brought up a lot of good points there, but one piece that I can extract from that that's so important is you named creativity a few times, being mm. more creative. And when some people hear you talk about celibacy and holding, whether it's like semen retention or just pausing from sexual intercourse, whatever that level of celibacy is for you, people think, oh, I'm going to be so built up and like blocked. But when you can channel it, Uh like you're saying, the creativity spikes and you can move the energy differently because the outcome isn't there the same way. It's not as goal oriented. When I see a woman, oh, what can it, can it look like that? Can I hook up? Can I blah, 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 blah. Can I wobble, blah, blah, blah? <laughs> that was a good one. I like wobble, that. Wobble, blah, blah, blah. Can blah. I wobble? And so we, we move like that consciously or subconsciously. But then when we set this idea and this concept of being celibate, it's like, oh, that's, that's out of the picture. Now where does this sexual energy go? How does it move? Mm. And that's where the feminine side can come through mm-hmm. because it's like, ooh, it can move creatively. I ooh, can, you're doing like the kundalini I'm doing serpent a, I'm like, right now. Kundalini. That kundalini's rising up the spine. We hit my pineal <laughs> gland, baby. Let's okay. go. Blasting off. <laughs> Sorry, crew, the matcha cacao just no, they're hit. They are hitting. We are off. And they're good today. Thank you, Cam, for brewing these up. It's almost like there's a specific recipe. Almost, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Not going off script. Nope. Just drinking delicious. But there is no script. So also at the same time, everything's ah, off cool, script. Cool, 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 cool. And so you're talking about celibacy. I'll quickly share my journey with that. Um, so I played with celibacy in... From like the day you were born to like 14, right? I've, I'm a virgin. <laughs> so I've never... I've been playing with celibacy for a long time now. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> that, that's that's something I didn't know about you, yeah. but I respect that. I'm just navigating it, you know, when the perfect person comes, waiting for marriage. So from 21 to 22, I was celibate. So in like the peak testosterone phases of my life, some would say. And this was in Bali. Very impressive if to do that. Like very, <laughs> very impressive to do that. When he told me that, I was like, <laughs> dude, if I think about what I was doing during those years. But that's like, exactly that's- why. That's exactly why. It's because it was so much at the time. I, I just moved to Bali. I was, if you guys remember, I was just going down that path of spirituality, really diving into that. If you've ever been to Bali, specifically Ubud, it's a very feminine area. That being said, mostly women populate that region. Beautiful women, goddesses. So it was all like, ooh, I want that. I was like kind of candy store vibe, kid in a candy store. And I noticed that. And then I went to Vipassana. After going to Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat, Cam and I have both done one of these, and you meditate, it's all silence, and it's, it's deep, it's powerful. In that, I got many insights to where my mind was, where my thoughts were, what am I thinking about 
most of the time. And women were there at the top of the list. So I made an agreement after that and then reading The Way of the Superior Man, which is a classic, <laughs> classic, classic and book. talks about celibacy, semen retention and all these things. But it was a catalyst for me to me making a statement and a declaration of that day. I'm like a year. I'm doing a year here in Bali. And in that I did bouts of like three months of semen retention. But more importantly, the celibacy allowed me to connect with women because like I said before, I didn't really have any women up until that point that were my friend, my friends. Like there was no women in my life that I was just friends with. And that it shocked me to realize that in Bali. I was like, wow, I don't really allow that in because I was under this impression of my dad. Anytime I brought a girl to the house, it was always like, you guys hooking up? Like, oh, when are you going to fuck? Kind of energy versus like, oh, who's your friend? Like just hanging out. It was always that. So I always felt like that's what it was supposed to be. And so in that, in my time of celibacy, I've gained some of the most beautiful friends in my life. Mm. And majority of them were women. And I got close to women. And oh, I got softer. Yeah. And I got like the way that I could explore with them and just being around them, going to my first ecstatic dance, going to these different areas and places I wouldn't go because I would quote them as, as being something that's it's not for me, mm. it's not manly enough, it's whatever. And I just allow myself to soften into that. And to this day, they're some of my best friends. Like I'm going back to Bali in a few weeks and gonna go see them. And just these women that I get to be close with, but there's no intention of any like end goal outcome or anything like that besides being close and having true intimacy, like real felt loving intimacy. And mm. I've discovered that in celibacy. It sounds like we're trying to sell you guys on celibacy right now. But yeah, it's just a piece it, of our path, piece it, of the journey. It really truly is. and and. You know, sex is amazing. Love sex. It's, oh my it's god! Really, it's like, and on the flip side, I almost said butt. We're shutting out butt. Butt's just butt's got to go. Well, butt's we gotta, want butts. We want, but we like okay, butts. That, there's gonna be a whole other episode on butt stuff. At the same time, okay, very, very, very important to highlight this concept of befriending women. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Where it's so damn powerful to get to a place where you can actually be friends with women and not just think, you know, like when we were programmed before, it was like every woman you met, it's like, oh, I'm going to try and fuck this person. Yeah. One you day know? we're going to hook up. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. exactly. And, yeah, and so exactly. when you start befriending these women, you learn from women. Mm-hmm. And I think this is this, you know, and we're going to get, we're going to get into this at the, at the end of this, we'll, we'll probably full circle, but women got a lot to teach this world yes honestly and and so many and and we're talking like divine feminine women women who are embodying the divine feminine because you know sadly the world's gotten to a place where a lot of women actually now have to be uber masculine Mm -hmm. to quote unquote get ahead because that's what this world has portrayed is like no emotion no fear go hard get it done move quick which isn't a bad thing, but when it's overdrawn, it's it's a problem. Yeah. But when you sit and you chat with these women who are in their divine feminine who can teach you about softness, slowness, like chilling the fuck out, not needing to be this jackrabbit, you know, all these different things, like really leaning into the slowness, the ease, the flow, the yeah. juiciness of life. Yeah. We we open up Pandora's box on this like whole experience of what it can be to be a man who's more deeply involved in his divine femininity. Yeah. Even just allowing yourself to fully hug another oh, human. Man. I, like I, that is such a fucking block for so many people. So And, and for so long for myself, you know, we just give the bro uh, hug, just a kind of like tap on the back. I love whatever. you, mom, but you still hug me like that. No, man. <laughs> you know and it's I mean? like, and it's yeah. not even just, yeah, it's not just men, it's women or whatever. Yeah. And you said your mom is a more masculine person. She so is. it's a masculine yeah. quality not to give a, really nice hug yeah and it's something i pride myself in now to this day is like really giving intentional hugs like if i'm going to hug somebody i'm going to hold it for a moment i'm going to really i'm going to close my eyes i'm going to tune into that person and just give them my presence it's such a gift to receive a good hug people it really and you know it's funny (laughs) ryan ryan really opened me up to a lot of this and and we're gonna once again get into more intimacy between same sex as well in this I remember because I've been a good hugger. Like I, I give, I give good hugs, yeah. but I'm never 
I was never an extended hugger. Mm-hmm. And in Bali, I would get into these states <laughs> yeah. where, you know, where and I don't know anyone who's been to some sort of conscious hub will resonate with this, but you sometimes go into these places, especially at the beginning of your journey, and you're like, you go in, you hug someone, and, and you kind of like, kind of retract, and they're, mm. they're not moving, and, then, and they just keep deepening, they keep going into this... Uh, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what? I'm, I'm good. You start to slowly just move the hands on the back so they can feel that, and they're like, no, nah. <laughs> they're going closer. It's like one of those Venus flytraps, yeah. and you're trying to just leave, and it just gets tighter and tighter. Yeah. But I used to get really awkward in those moments, especially mm. at the beginning, because for me, I didn't let people in in that way that I didn't know very well. Yeah. But I remember with you, and even now, still, you're like, you'll just because you. Not many people can make me feel small, yeah. right? <laughs> Not many people can really wrap their arms around me because I'm, you know, I'm I'm six foot three, two hundred pound dude, mm-hmm. but you're six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds. So you know, you yeah. make me feel safe. <laughs> but you really, you you hold me, and I was like, it just invites me to relax into that, and I think it's such an important thing. And, and one of my biggest challenges with going back now to you know, North America, Canada, the US and stuff like that is like you see people that you love and they're like, yeah, what's up? And it's almost like a high five hug. Yeah. Or it's a dab in the or, one arm, a dab like the little in the clapping one, arm. And one yeah. tap. Totally. Or yeah. like a fist bump. Or some people just go, hi. Yeah, a little head bop. A little head Yo, bop, you know? Whereas, yeah. whereas what I've gotten used to now is this human connection. And I know this is something that you're really excited about. Yes. We're not going to go on a tangent here, Ooh. but I do want to highlight that we need hugs. Yeah. Physical touch, man. And daily. Physical touch regularly and not relying on one person for it. Yes. This is the big piece, right? Like physical touch is my top love language. That's for me like. Me too. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) He caressed me. Felt good. (laughs) I love physical touch. But in the past with the toxic masculinity trait, it would be that, again, I would just dab up my homies, fist bump my friends. And then I would save that. For my partner, for my lady, mm-hmm. like the person I was with, they'd be like, okay, it's only for them. Like, and it, which is weird because it's kind of this like backwards model. Cause it's like, yes, I'm kind of saving that touch for them, but it's not serving me or that person. I then become reliant on that relationship. And it's this codependent thing that most people, like a lot of people do this where we only touch our partner. And that's where we get most of our touch mm-hmm. is with that person. Mm-hmm. But when you can allow yourself to deeply hug other people, Allow yourself to, to lay with other people, just literally. Like we all like laid together the other night. Like we're totally. all hanging out, group of us watching a movie, just all cuddling together. Cuddle puddles, people. They're fun. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Disclaimer That's a whole... on cuddle puddles because there's a whole yeah, in the a spiritual whole community. There's a very wide discrepancy between yeah. what that consists of versus not not always sexual. Ryan's using it in a term right now that isn't sexual. Isn't sexual. Just sensual. Sensual and intimate. Yes. Intimate. Caring. You know... We already know who we are. We identified the relationships of these, this gathering of people. We're all friends. We're just here to connect. And so we allow touch because it's fucking beautiful and it feels good. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I've heard this before at different places, 12 hugs a day, minimum. Get your 12 hugs a day minimum in. And I get it. From the Bronx? Get Is that your like, 12, get, get your 12 here. 12 yeah 12 i can't i you're gonna have to do all the accents because everything i do will either sound irish or punjabi i don't know why no in between yeah so so touch yes big fan i feel that i really i really feel i feel that oh you wanted to touch (laughs) i did you held that it's kind of long we got we got our plant here yeah i'm a huge fan and and i think that you know, the whole codependency thing is massive with that. And and the, the big thing here is that, you know, growing up, I saw a lot of women. Women are much, I'm not going to generalize. A lot of women are much more open to connection with other women, right? Like growing up, women would, you know, wrap their arm around each other and all these different things. And, and they would be more comf- comfortable going to the bathroom together. And, yeah. You know, doing doing things together, like getting naked together. Most guys, like there was like the eye rule, right? Like you're yes, in, the in the locker room, room. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you don't look below the eyes. Yeah. It's like you stare a guy in the eyes and it's like, if you look at his dick, you're gay, right? Mm-hmm. So there was so many blocks and so many challenges. Whereas with women, and I know this isn't for all of you, but you're much more open mm-hmm. to connection, open to that. And because we're talking about divine femininity, and our journey into it, it's like 
our ability to actually embrace touch, our ability to actually be able to hold one another, see one another, be with one another is a huge step and something that I personally have learned particularly from women Mm -hmm. and watching women and how they interact, which has been a beautiful blessing and a beautiful gift. Yeah. Really, really has. It is, man. So I don't think we can talk about divine femininity. Femini? Femininity. Divine femininity without addressing the topic of emotion. Yeah. Because I think that like leading with emotion is one of the most potent aspects yeah. of divine femininity. You got a thought moving through your head. I can well, see Well, I it. was wondering for you what that looks like and how did you shift to that? Because I know you've led in different ways and facilitated in different ways throughout your journey. You were like a CrossFit coach in the finance world. You were a leader in different ways and realms. You were a leader, probably in the gang as well. You had your squad. I imagine you didn't lead with a lot of emotion in those other journeys of being a leader. What and how did you shift from leading without emotion and leading just with like energy and that masculine trait of like get shit done to start Mm -hmm. shifting to that? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And, you know, when I was in a leadership role, you're right. I used to always act from either overdrawn excitement to cover up insecurity yep. or I would lead from a place of anger and intensity. Mm-hmm. For me, it was relationships that really opened me up to mm-hmm. learning how to lead with emotion. And I can give a massive shout out to one of my former partners for this because she really worked with me and we worked with each other on vocalizing everything. Mm-hmm. Don't vocalize everything. <laughs> that was my main oh, learning insight from that. From that. Yeah. There are some things that you need to work through on your own, uh, yeah. outside of your partner's ears that just belong inside of you. So I, I just thought I'd throw that in there because we set we set a premise at the beginning of our relationship where there was like there was no rules on communication. It was like what you're thinking, say it. Yeah. Which in concept, sounds great. Yeah, because there's no filter. <laughs> there's no filter. Sharing. None of that. Yeah. And at the same time, there's certain shit that we think about and we move through that I don't necessarily think our partners need to know because it's not about hiding it. It's about it's going to cause more issues bringing it to the surface than it does ultimately just working through your shit on your own. Like I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. Okay. I'll be okay. I'll be vulnerable here. So I was working with a psychotherapist, energy worker at the time, and. She was, she was helping me uncover, you know, why I was having blocks on really deepening an intimate connection with this partner. And the topic of kind of sexuality came up and if my needs are being met and all these different things. And in this session, it came up where I was just, I, I don't know, I can't explain it. It's not, it's not anything that, you know, I can really unpack, but it was, I just had this deep rooted desire to witness or be with a woman with much bigger breasts than my partner. Mm -hmm. So I went home and I was like, we don't have a filter. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to bring this to the surface because we're going to work through it together. Yep. And I brought it up. I want big titties is what you said, which is crazy. That's that is exactly how I put it. (laughs) No filter. I just, that's all I wanted. But it, 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 it hurt her a lot, yeah. right? Because if your partner comes home and says that and you don't have that, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, well, shit, what, what, what do you want me to do with this information? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I shared, I, I shared this recently with my, my new partner about kind of this same situation. And, and she also helped me say like, yeah, well, what the fuck was she supposed to do with that? Like, that's not something that, that's really going to support in any way, mm-hmm. which was really cool because it was like, you're right. It, it also, it really helped me understand that that wasn't the right thing to do at the time. But at the same time, 
I didn't actually want that. That was just some weird thing that came up that I worked through and created this massive, mm. you know, gong show within my relationship with that it's not like I needed to go to a strip club and like bury my face in big breasts to like satisfy that need. It was just something that was present that I needed to just watch until it left, right? Because as a man, we have these programs, we have these patterns, we have these things. We have, if you look at where the world's at, it's like, what's, what do we draw our attention to? It's like big tits and ass, mm -hmm. right? That's where we're, we're, our, our energy has been taught to go to. Yeah, for mating purposes. Exactly, yeah. for, for mating, for procreation, all these yep. different things. And, and so it's, we still have <clears throat> these things that bubble up. Yes. Doesn't necessarily mean you should share them. Mm -hmm. Now, I digress back to emotion. Mm -hmm. That's not an emotion, right? When it came to, I feel sad because X, or mm. I feel angry because Y, or okay. I feel unseen in this situation, that deepened our relationship so much and taught me so much on how to actually express how I was feeling and what I wanted which allowed for us to meet in this heart resonance, this like beautiful place of, of connection to one another. And to me, that opened up my whole spectrum of what was possible in relation, in business, in connection with friends, mm -hmm. that I can be vocal and express what's real for me. And as long as I'm surrounding myself with the right people, mm -hmm. they're gonna allow for me to see that. And my truth, and what I'm actually bringing forth is, is, is actually more potent and more powerful than me pretending that it's not present. Yeah, you're naming a really important thing here. And that is when you talk about leading with emotion, instead of being like, you're doing this or this, this is what I see or like whatever, like you keep doing this to me or blah, blah, blah. You're sharing more so what it feels like, and not so much as like the other person's doing this to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is just what comes up emotionally when this thing occurs. Mm -hmm. So then you get to name the subjective emotional state, but by object making it objective, like this is just what's happening. This is how I feel when it happens. Mm -hmm. for, the, for the big titty scenario, it's not, it's not <laughs> as relatable because- <laughs> The BTS. The BTS, big yeah. titty scenario, classic. And that, you know, that was more like if we looked at a spectrum of like things in, to relate to needs, wants, desires, that was probably in the category of desires for sure. And like the not so essential to bring forward and no. surface. But when it comes to these things, emotions are needs. Like I need to keep remembering that. I need to continue mm. remembering that. I needed that reminder years ago. I needed to hear that more. My emotions that surface are needs. They need to be heard. They need to be held. They need to be shared. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not for me to just like keep them in. Oh, it's okay. I can navigate it myself. That's such a toxic masculine trait. Totally. It's to like that hold it. Like, wolf. Nope, I got this. I got this. I can do I'm it by myself. Fine. Yeah. hundred. Yeah. And I, I love that so much because once you, once you take it out and you, and you express it and you don't put it on somebody, yeah. it becomes a topic of discussion that you can unpack. Yes. And when you work together as a unit to unpack stuff like that, it like supercharges connection, even mm -hmm. with friends, right? Like if you come up to me and you're like, and you've done it where you've been like, when you've been like, Cam, I sent you that voice note about something that really excited me and you didn't acknowledge it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh shit, okay. It felt like I didn't, sorry, you said I didn't feel acknowledged or yes, seen, right? Exactly. I correct There's myself. I didn't feel acknowledged or seen. I'm like, okay, what would make you feel acknowledged or seen in that circumstance? And you told me, and now I know. And yes. now our relationship is that much deeper. Yeah. And I could have easily held that and been like, oh, all right, fuck it. Like, I'll just message him back when I feel better. Like, fine, mm -hmm. whatever. And help, like, just had some, like, spite in me mm -hmm. about that. Slight, so slight. But we know at this point, just name the thing out. Shout out to Marshall Rosenberg, who is the one that pioneers nonviolent communication. I don't know if you know MVC. I don't. <sighs> Kills it. So exactly. that's, it's all about this, like nonviolently communicating. So communicating emotion and what's occurring, but not saying somebody's doing it to me. Mm. Cause right. It's always our emotions that are occurring. Yeah. Like nobody's putting, you're not putting an emotion on me no. by not, by me not feeling acknowledged in a voice note. Like I'm choosing to not feel acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So I want to voice that to you mm -hmm. and see if we can 
do this differently in the future. Does that feel good for you too? Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yes, that feels good for me. Okay, beautiful. But this is so good because how this is, and that's such a divine feminine trait to vocalize emotion. Like, like shout out to the queens out there in your wildness because you're so good at being like, I don't fucking like this because it makes me feel like this. And then men are like, yo, cool your shit. Like control your emotions. Like that's the conventional dynamic, right? Which is, which is, you know, and, and growing up playing sports and being in dressing rooms and also being, you know, in, in a very, very toxic world. It's like you hear all these guys saying this stuff like, oh, my my girl's crazy. She can't control her shit. She's all over the place. Like even the worst, like, oh, she's on her rag. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? Like yeah. emotions and being wild and letting what's going on inside of you come to the surface to be expressed is the only way that we can actually alchemize emotions into action and yes. into these beautiful things and deep in connection. Yes. Right? Like now when my partner's in an explosion of emotion explosion of emotion i like that we like that we like that yeah it's a potion huh oh the explosion of emotion is a potion yes beautiful beautiful i like that now i embrace it and it's like how can i work on my shit so much so that i don't let it trigger me and i can hold that divine feminine Mm -hmm. because i think that's also another very powerful trait of, you know, I guess this is more divine masculinity, but it's, it's being able to hold the, the feminine. But yes. I think the only way that you get to a place where you can actually hold that emotion is when you investigate it yourself. Yes. And as men, we've like dipped into that. This is important. So you named like do the work myself. Yes. And of course, you need to find the people around you as men to hold you as well. So like that's how we bring out our divine feminine. Like you and I can hold each other. We've made this agreement. We decided this. It's not like you have to do the inner work and do all this stuff yourself. It's like, you know, I've got you. I know you've got me. We get to show up for each other in that. And we get to be held by the women around us, of course. And I love what you're saying about holding women in their expression, in their wild, in their truth. Because that's freedom. That's freedom of expression to allow yourself to bring out these emotions. And to that point, even if you can't identify the emotion, like I'm feeling angry right now because of this. Like even if it's just surfacing as something occurring, to be able to have people around you to just share, there's a lot going on in my being right now. Name that, vocalize that, and you do this beautifully. I, I see you show up for this a lot. Is if something's occurring, you're like, I'm feeling a lot right now. I'm gonna go do my practice and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Like just dialed in. And it's not like you need to just like yell at, like voice it out to us. Cause you're like, I know for me, it's going to be better for me to go do my practice, come back in an hour. And I'll be beautiful. You're not giving anybody the silent treatment. You're not disrespecting anybody. You're, you're naming your truth. And then you say, I'm, I'm, I'll be back in an hour and mm-hmm. I'll be ready. I'll be calm. I'll be connected. And I'll mm-hmm. share with you what came up, anything mm-hmm. you want to know. Mm-hmm. It's fucking beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. You lead the way on that. And I love that. Uh, that that's anger management. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I took what I took what I used to do for not punching someone in the face yep. to now not running my mouth with an emotion that you know for me won't won't serve anybody. Because yeah. I I know for me like I'm a hard centered person, but you know I've kept I've kept a little a little gangster in the tank. Yeah, you know for when I need it. We like it. We <laughs> we like a little thug. We like a little. You know what do they say? Fifty percent holy, fifty percent hood. Shout out Holly. Yeah. In Costa Rica, yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna know, but she had a, such a, such a beautiful way of putting that. But we keep a little bit of that, and sometimes when I get triggered, that can come out, and I'll yes. say some dumb shit, mm-hmm. right? So for me, it's like just step away, go in, feel what needs to be felt, yeah, and if it needs to be vocalized, and vocalize it. If not, move the energy, punch the pillow, have a good cry, yeah. you know, do what you got to do, let the emotion move, because you know that's really what it is. It's emotions are energy in motion, right? That's that's all they are. And we label them as good or bad, or we say that men can do some and women can do others. And it's like, nah, like your body's intelligence is expressing that, needs mm-hmm. to come to the surface. You need to learn how to flow in life with that. And that's another very divine feminine trait that I've had to learn how to embody is flowing with what comes up, flowing with what's present, being organic with my life and how I feel. And if I'm in a state, Mm-hmm. where I'm getting triggered or I'm in a place where I'm getting triggered. I can't just be like, well, I signed up for zip lining, so I'm just going to go zip lining and suppress my shit. It's like, no. It's a true story, by the way. It's actually a true story. <laughs> but it, but it's like, it's you get to a place where you're just like, wait, 
no, I need to flow with what's present for me right now. I need to honor yes. that. I need to move with it. And I need to let those emotions move and return in yes. a state that's more conducive to communication. And you did it in a beautiful way because we were there. This the zip lining thing really happened. And you just said, I'm not feeling it was something along the lines of and correct me if I'm saying this wrong. It's I'm not feeling fully aligned to this right now, but I'll see you guys whenever you get done zip lining. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like basically and like from a, such a calm place. Yeah. Not like, oh shit, Cam is mad. Like just like centered of like, I know what I have to do right now. Yeah. Enjoy the zip lining. It's not feeling in alignment for me. Yeah. And I'll see you when you get done. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. Yeah. And it's fucking beautiful because nobody took it personally. Nobody was like, oh, I wonder if Cam this, that, and this. And honestly, it's not fucking up to you to decide and to think if somebody's going to take your process personally. And you lead that really well also because it's like if you're thinking about everybody's going to take your things personally, like, fuck, you're you, not doing anything. You can't you do can't that. You can't do anything. No, because you can't. Somebody's going to take it personally, whatever, like in some way, shape, or form, unless you're around like a group of people that are, are dialed into you like we were with Cam and we just we all know. Like if I was in that, it'd be the same way. It would show up. My friends would know, not take it personally. But most humans are going to take shit personally. Mm -hmm. So it's not up to you. Yeah. And, and at that note, I will say if anybody's listening to this, that is like, well, shit, I couldn't express myself to, to the people yeah. around me. You got to find people in your life yes. that can handle your expression. Yes. You have to. And it's essential, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a friend, whether it's an uncle, an aunt, a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, it does not matter, but you have to find those people. And if you don't have them, Put yourself out there to go find people who have the emotional intelligence to handle you because you need to be able to vocalize what you're feeling and yes. you need to surround yourself with people. Because if let's say I did that back in Vancouver, mm. right? If I was back in my hometown with, with people in Vancouver and I was like, listen, guys, I'm not really feeling very aligned to this right now. I'm going to take off. They'd be like, you're a dick. Yeah, they'd take it personally. They'd be like, what the fuck? We're out here doing this thing and you're bailing would yeah. probably be kind of the energy yeah, it would yeah. be like or they'd be like oh my god i've done something mm -hmm. and then that would become a whole thing and and then that would pull me out of my ability to go and move what i needed to move and express yes. what i needed to express so very important to know your audience in that way and if you don't have people around you that can handle you you have to find those people yes and you got to start somewhere so if you don't even know where to go and Cam just named a bunch of really great avenues to start looking down, but start expressing it in whatever way that you can right now. Also, mm, like if you, journal on it, write mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Cause for me, like <laughs> even journaling was a practice that I had so much hesitation around. Mm -hmm. And once I started doing that, I would write notes to my emotions. This is actually mm. a process I used to do. I think we've, we've talked about this yeah. before, but like to fear, to anger, I've written letters to that emotion and such a profound practice because I realized that fear had a purpose and fear sometimes served, but most of the time it didn't. So mm -hmm. I got to write a, basically a love letter to that emotion. Mm -hmm. But it's just one example of like, start expressing, start writing it out, start mm -hmm. giving yourself voice notes and mm -hmm. seek those people out. Yeah. Great point. Keep, yeah, continue to express yeah. and lean into that that emotion. That's that's. I love that. I love that because even learning how to speak about emotions yeah. is hard, especially for men, especially for dudes out there listening to this. It's like and and their partner, you know, well, male or female partners listening. It's like it. It's a challenge. There's even like the viral reel that's like men have four emotions: happy or, or not even happy. Not in there. What the fuck? It's like mad. Uh, frustrated, like, whatever it is, but there's four emotions. Basically, like yeah. all men have these four emotions, and it's like a viral audio that goes around. You need and to it, burn that, burn shit. it down, burn it down. But it's true. You hear that? Burn it's like it. a comedic truth. Yeah, it's yeah. like capturing it, but it's yeah. like that's what most men live yeah, in, and sure. women, like any human, anyone can live who's, in that who's more masculine more on than the feminine, feminine side. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, on the spectrum. And usually in the toxic masculine side, like just yeah. go through these four emotions, even though they're really experiencing hundreds of emotions every day. Yeah. But they're just, we just put it in boxes. We tuck it away. Yeah. In our big toe. Big, the big toe tuck. The, the big, classic. Big toe tuck. BTT. 
We're all about acronyms why? here. I don't know <laughs> You're why. You're doing this today. It's not even me. <laughs> I've taken that on. I don't know yeah. why. But Learning. so there, there's one thing I want to say here. And I think we've already touched on it, but I want to I want to make sure that this comes up again, where being masculine does not mean that you're a dude. Yes. Being feminine does not mean that you are a woman. Yes. If you're acting from your masculine, you're asking for masculine traits, which are more intense, more drive, more, you know, less connected to emotion, more kind of dry. If you're acting from your divine feminine, it's more open, more flowy, more emotional, more organic, all that kind of stuff. Now, I know there's a lot more to it than that. Some, some spiritual fact checkers be like, well, you forgot this and you forgot mm. that. Okay. Listen, I know I'm only wearing one mala today. Okay. I don't, I know it doesn't show it all my, like all, two, it looks like you got two on. So you got somewhere. more spiritual cred than I do. Okay. All right. But just so you know, if you're, if you're a woman, you can identify with these masculine traits just as much as a man can. Mm. And if you're, if you're a man, you can identify with these feminine traits just as much as a woman can. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer yeah. out there. Yeah, it's an important piece. So I really wanted to just finish this briefly talking about intimacy. Because mm -hmm. you, you, sir, are like, in my opinion, one of the like kings of intimacy. Because mm. I like, yeah, I know, right? Oh, we like that. <laughs> we do like that. Like the way that you feed me chocolate. Yeah, actually. When we're watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I just tell everybody you that? just told them. No, but, but true story. But at the same time, more details on that in the future for sure. You guys might actually see it. Well, no, you won't might. You will see it yeah, at some point. But for me, connecting with Ryan and for anybody listening, like we're not, we're not sexual yet. Not yet. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see where this, this podcast curiosity <laughs> gets us. Um, but... Your your connection with intimacy has really invited me into like how I show up with my brothers and, and what I look for with my brothers. So for you, like how did going from someone that was so in the realms of toxic masculinity, who is very like, you know, you're an athlete, you play sports, right? All these different things. But how did you kind of find this level of intimacy? Like what was the what was yeah. the breakthrough for you in that? Because I'd like that to be a segue into opening up the doors for people to be more intimate with each other because it doesn't necessarily mean you want to fuck yeah true true it for me so i touched on one of the the biggest catalysts for me which is the celibacy which was getting closer to women without the intention of sex without needing that as an outcome that's huge 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 i realized that i can be intimate and in a place like bali there's a lot of feminine men so naturally i could be around that energy more but really it was just it's small things like the hug for instance coming back to that somebody told me at one point that the the 12 hugs a day thing as like a, a fact for uh serotonin and like these brain chemicals to support us so like cool yeah sweet i want more i want more of that so i would do it like that it's like a little test like oh let me hug people more but then I got, I noticed people wanted that and loved that. And I was like, oh, this is like a, this is a, this is a thing that everyone wants and it feels good for me. And so intimacy shifted these, these little moments. But when I think about it, it's like, I always wanted it. And I was, you know, a gym bro for a long time. I'm still kind of a gym was? bro. <laughs> I'm going to go work out after this. But what I'm saying is. In the sense of like the toxic gym bro, like I would have all my, my guys come over, like we'd all work out and we'd spot each other. There was like this like thing we're doing together. But I like, I always wanted, you know, to give them hugs, to give celebratory, more like connecting things, but I could never express that. So I guess it's like, it was a want within me that only once I allowed it to start slowly expressing with people around me through different trials of like, let me see if I can, I can hug this person. Let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can do that. And shout out to the queens. Shout out to the queens in Bali that were catalysts for me mm. to be intimate. Because, that Shakti, yeah, man. That Shakti, Shakti, man, Shakti man, energy. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need that. What I'm saying is the awareness needs to be there. And you can call that in. You can cultivate that with the people around you. Like how Cam and I navigate it. 
Like we're just, we're deepening even our level of intimacy because we have so many programs around how we're supposed to be as men, as friends, as brothers going through this and like running a business and different things like this. Like what, how are we supposed to be? We voice it out. We vocalize it. Having people around you that you can do that with and explore that with because it's, it's a need within all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not a desire. It's not a want. It's a need oh, it really for is. us to be intimate and connect. It really social is. Creatures. There, there's stats on that where, where and I can't cite them because, you know, I'm one concussion away from hiding my own Easter eggs. Bro science. Bro science. But <laughs> like babies, they've done research on babies that if babies aren't held, that it's, it, it kills them as quick as, yeah. you know, a lot of other things. So we, it's in our nervous system. And I know as a, as a, as someone that works with trauma, like it, the only thing that really heals that is for some, obviously is really being held by the right yeah. kinds of people. I'm curious because for me, ecstatic dance Ooh, and yeah. contact dance yeah. have been a huge segue for me to really explore that. And I want to make yeah. sure that everyone kind of has a tool here um, to explore intimacy because for me, I've even seen my ability to deepen my connection with touch with people that aren't, you know, my partner through ecstatic dance and particularly through contact dance. Yes. Because at first, like when I moved to <clears throat> Costa Rica, this was even six months ago, like I didn't have the same experience that you did in Bali because I was in a, in a relationship the whole time and she wasn't really into ecstatic dance. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other thing. But going to ecstatic dance and witnessing that and, and, you know, our friend Beignet, you know, was also really big into it Mm -hmm. and having men come up to dance with me and actually not just dance, but like touch and hold each other's hands and roll our hands into each other and roll our chests together Mm -hmm. and our heads together and hold each other's hips and move around. To me, that was like, you know, I'd done some weird shit in my trainings, yeah. some Osho trainings, but that's like in a training, it's different. But when you're just out having fun with friends, like to me, that was like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this feels good. It's awkward at first, but then it's like, nah, this feels really good. And and I know that through ecstatic dance and contact, mm-hmm. I have now really been able to open myself up more to connecting with not only members of the same sex, but members of the opposite sex in a way that is intimate, but not sexual. Yes. Which I think to me is kind of the big distinction because most people think that intimacy means that you're, you're, you're being sexual. Intimacy leads to sex. And it's like mm-hmm. you and I can be intimate mm-hmm. and not be sexual. I can be, you know, it's like the other night you were, you were cuddling with my partner yeah. on my day bed at my house. And that was intimate, but it wasn't sexual. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's this huge discrepancy that I think primarily in the U.S. and Canada and stuff, we've really kind of, you know, grown to totally believe in. And that's that if we're intimate with someone, that means we want to be sexual with them. And it limits our ability to be intimate with the same sex or members of the opposite sex because we're afraid that that's that basically means that we want to we want to do the nasty. Which then goes back to the point of like, that's why we then save our intimacy for just our partner. 100%. And so we're like, yes, it's sacred. Sexual energy is sacred. Yes, we identify with that. We we recognize that. And we move like that. We're very sacred with that space. But with intimacy, it's something that can be shared if you do it in the right container. So this is what comes back to, or with the right people or person. But it comes back to this, like what you're saying with ecstatic dance, is everybody needs, wants, desires, intimacy, and touch. But putting yourself into a container where it's allowed, you're allowed to be in that full expression is such a fucking gift and a game changer. So ecstatic dance is one of the great ones. One of the best ones that I've found because there's there's contact, there's ecstatic. If you want to be in your own energy, you can, but there's energetic connection. So like intimacy shows up in so many different ways, right? There's actual literal touch, there's energetic touch, there's verbalizing, like if we're all yelling, like ecstatic dance, we'll just yell, roar. Mm-hmm. And if we're all yelling at the same frequency, that's intimate. Mm-hmm. It's like we're all there in full expression. And you named a really beautiful thing, which is connecting with people with ecstatic dance, with contact, with just being with each other, touching each other, allowing yourself to kind of like, we're sweaty as hell. Like I'm so sweaty on the dance floor. Cam is too. It's like and it's bad. Like we can't stay in one spot for nah, too long because drip everywhere. Just and everybody a puddle, knows. Yeah. Just a puddle. And so 
we're like sliding all over each other. Yeah. And it's great. Like, how often do you let yourself slide on your friends? What? What? <laughs> Wait. Say what? Yeah. So, seriously. So that happens. <laughs> that we do happens. That. We do do that. And it's a beautiful thing. So, to get really practical with it, find ecstatic dance. That's obvi- an obvious pathway of full expression, which can be fun. But can be there's a there's a way to move through it because it can be challenging at first because people are fucking in it. It's ecstatic mm-hmm. dance for a reason. But start to have these conversations with people. Like if you have a partner, start to talk with your partner about this. What do they think intimacy is? What do mm-hmm. they want to explore? Like I think you with your current partner do that so well. Like he, you brought up a good point. Like I cuddle with your partner. Like we're all friends. We all connect. And it's beautiful. But her and I don't have any sexual connection. Mm-hmm. We, but we bring in intimacy. Like a lot of people want that. Yeah. Like most of us are afraid of it. But a lot of us actually want it deep down. We want more intimacy in our lives. So with the people around you, like seek those people out. You went back to that. You were talking about this. And see, find those people, like dig into it. Reach out to us. Like we're more than happy to, to find resources for you guys because this, this is what lights us up. I know this is what makes me feel most alive is bringing people closer to their full expression. Mm-hmm. And intimacy is one of the greatest mm-hmm. gateways to do that. Well, and it just... It makes you feel safe, man. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If you wanna if you wanna feel fully aligned and fully expressed, you need to feel safe. Yeah. And when you feel held physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually by the people around you, you're gonna have a foundation and a platform to ignite the fuck out of your life. Yes. Like you really truly will. And 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 I I think that this right here, this foundation, this fabric is, is something I'd really like to end with is that the divine feminine holds the fabric of society, you know, and, and I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of women in the work around this. And, and it's something that we've totally disregarded where, you know, women over the course of the years have, have they, they make the potions, they hold it down. They, they, they literally run the whole workings of the village. Yes. We just go out and do shit and hopefully bring stuff back for them to like work with. But without them, we're fucked. Right. And so the, the, these, these foundations, these pillars are so important to society, to us to have as a form of divine femininity so that we feel safe enough to go out and hunt, mm-hmm. go out and, and, and get shit done, go out and be the person that we got to be. And, and even if you're, you know, an independent woman, that's beautiful. And at the same time, you can't just be out running around being masculine all the time. You got to hold down the fort yeah. and you got to feel safe to do that. So you got to have your sisters or your brothers that can hold you in that way and create that foundation and that fabric for you to really build off of. Yeah. Even to see that and to witness women in that brings up and surfaces divine feminine in yourself as a man. Mm-hmm. For me and I, for you as well, from what you're saying, it's like if you can witness and hold that and experience that inside of women, the power and the magic that's in the feminine spirit and soul and the necessity of that, that it just brings a softness of, of love and light and like you feel that in your system. So if you can think about women in your life, start really giving them appreciation and gratitude and seeing the magic and the wild that they hold naturally, you're going to also start feeling some of that divine femininity. Mm -hmm. You're going to start embodying some of that because you're going to recognize it more. And what you see is what you become. It's a reflection of your inner world. So you can start recognizing, feeling gratitude for that and leaning into that yourself. It's fucking beautiful. I love that. Yeah. We're over an hour. Look at that. We are. But this is a dope topic. (laughs) This is good. This This is is a powerful topic, right? And and. For two, you know, relatively broed out dudes to be talking about yeah. this, it's taken a long time, you know, like mm-hmm. I would not have been able to have this conversation shit probably even a year and a half, two years ago because yeah, yeah I was conscious and on the path, but I was still coming from a place of masculine tendencies mm-hmm. and it was like, go, 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 meditate, 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 more breath, more breath, more breath. And it's like, sometimes you just got to sink in, allow yeah. the flow of life course through you. So massive shout out to all the queens out there leading the way with divine femininity bros homies dudes if you're listening to this learn from them yes i they women and men who are also in their divine feminine have taught me so much and it has balanced out my life 
in such a beautiful way. So queens out there, keep holding it down. Bros out there, don't be afraid of getting a little juicy with yeah. life. And let yourself be held. Yes. Let yourself be held. It's also a beautiful piece. If so us important. two big dudes can, be, can held, be held, you can be <laughs> held. Can be we, held. We, we promise. We promise. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, Ignite Retreat's coming up. So Ooh, yeah. if you have not checked that out, check it out. It's in Costa Rica. New Year's Eve, December 2022. We are running it for seven days starting on the 29th of December, yes. running through till the 4th of, I think I got the dates right. If Just check just the notes. About. Seven the days f- from the 29th. Yeah, seven days from <laughs> After the 29th. The 29th. Um, it's going to be amazing. We're going to yeah. dive into a lot Some of, of these this things. stuff. Yeah, like ecstatic mm-hmm. dance is going to be something that we're doing regularly there. Yeah. We're going to be going deep into these practices and talking about community of people that mm-hmm. you can feel safe with, that you can yeah. fully express with, that you can lean into these different sides with and bring them forward and explore them with these humans. That's a big aspect of what mm-hmm. we bring forward in Ignite. Yeah. So yeah. get ready because it's going to be off the chain, off the chain. So if you haven't yet, follow this man on Instagram. Ryan Movement Miller. Yes. Give me a follow. Cam McDougal. Check out at Live Embodied. That's the company page that we are growing right now. So check it out. If you have anything you want to hear about on this podcast, hit us up. Let oh, us man. know. Reach out. And we will continue this journey because we're going to be going into some weird shit in this podcast. Oh, yes. It's just the beginning. Stay lit, crew. Ooh. Peace.